And we got to figure out a way to take the old, get rid of some of the stuff in the old that wasn't good, like, you know, the beer on tap and it being like a social club. And the new, with the, you have the, the younger members that want to go to all these classes, and we've got to bridge the gap between them and the old and, and come up with a happy medium. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. Enchanted Sky Studios in Prescott, Arizona. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategies, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. We have discussed several times on this show the sad and potentially disastrous story of the declining number of volunteer firefighters. Everyone has their own theory of why no one wants to volunteer these days. But in August, a Syracuse, New York newspaper column with a new explanation began showing up in social media. Maybe you've seen it. If not, we'll link to it on our website. It was written by Jack Klein of Lysander, New York. He's been a volunteer firefighter for over four decades. He remembers the good old days when people liked giving their time to protect their neighbors. His column's title explains why Jack believes we're experiencing the manpower shortage we are. The title is Make Volunteer Firefighting Fun Again. And Jack Klein joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. I appreciate being here. Hopefully I can get my point across about the volunteer service. Volunteers are staying away from firehouses and droves. In your column, you say we've made it too much work. How are things different today than they used to be? I think the reason they're different today, it was more of a community-based fire department where the whole community was involved, and we, we did what we could at the firehouse, and we still helped the community. I, I think today we've gone way beyond that where it's so much training and so much outside your community and so much outside going away to classes that people have become disinterested in it. It's not all firehouse field days are disappearing, the chicken barbecues are disappearing, and the community doesn't get to meet the firemen and and see what's going on as much as they used to, so it's hard hard for them to envision being a firefighter. There are some people who believe that being a member of a volunteer department has always been too much like joining a social club and that firefighting wasn't taken seriously enough in the past. How do you respond to that? Well, I think firefighting was always taken seriously, but I think in years past, because of the atmosphere and the people, we managed to combine the two so it wasn't a social club. I, I know back years and years ago, that's the the way everybody felt that there was there was beer on tap at all times, and that was more than what went on. 
but, but the members were concerned about their community and they they helped you know where they could what they could do they took the time the time they had and I, I think now what we've done is we've tried to get away from the beer on tap which is a good thing because that's not the smart thing to be doing but have we raised the bar so high now that we're pushing people away and they're saying well wait a minute you know it's not a social club anymore but it's a full-time job to be a firefighter you know when you bring someone in the first thing there's now i know here in new york the thing is is the first class you take is a 142 hour class it's like 16 16 weeks one night a week plus saturdays it's difficult to get people to join when that's the first thing you hit them with and we're kind of turning our backs on the way it was years ago where if you brought in a carpenter you you liked him there even though he might not be fully involved in the fire and running in with an air pack he was there he helped with replacing doors or making repairs around the firehouse We've gotten away from that. We want to bring in people, in my opinion, we're bringing in people that want to be firefighters, you know, like a a full-time firefighter that might work in a city and have a 12-hour shift. We've got to figure out a way to, in my opinion, we've got to figure out a way to take the old, get rid of some of the stuff in the old that wasn't good, like, you know, the beer on tap and it being like a social club. And the new, which everybody wants to, you have the the younger members that want to go to all these classes and they want to sleep at the firehouse and, and do all of that. We've got to bridge the gap between them and the old and, and come up with a happy medium to stop this decline in, in the fire service. I've seen it over my 40 years in the fire service, plus another 20 years as a youth when my dad was a firefighter and i it's it's gotten to the point now where how do we combine the past with the future that's kind of why i wrote the article some people are taking it the wrong way thinking that uh i don't like training it's not that i don't like training but why would i who am in a rural area train for a airplane crash when I'm never going to see an airplane crash. I, I think that's an extreme, what I'm saying is the plane crash, but that's that's the point where the state is mandating and the, and the and new Homeland Security is mandating so much that they're overlapping. You know, it's like training a car mechanic to uh, run a sewing machine. I want to read a couple of lines from the story. You wrote, experience isn't valued enough. 20 or 30 years of experience should be worth something. Just because a firefighter doesn't have a specific training doesn't mean he is not capable of handling an unexpected situation. Now, to me, that does sound like you're saying that we ask too much in the way of training from firefighters. I'm not saying that we're asking too much. It's just that the experienced guy has still got to train every week with everybody. But I I guess my point was that if you have a a person that's been in the fire department, and like when I joined, I took uh, Firefighters Essential, then I took SCBA training, and then I took another small class. So I have that class, but I don't have the new specific class. Like they now they have Firefighter 1 that incorporates everything that's 147 hours. But just because this guy doesn't have that Firefighter 1 class, over the years he's took enough 
small classes and experience that, that he can he can do the job on the fire scene. I'm not saying that he can't he shouldn't train. He's still got to train, you know, on a weekly basis or semi-weekly. Some departments train weekly. Some train semi-weekly. I'm not saying that he shouldn't train, but when he's already got classes and 30 years experience because a new class comes out make him take that class or he can't he can't be an interior firefighter or he can't be an officer he's he's seen that stuff and he's trained for it it's just that he had he doesn't have that specific class i know as a as a commissioner there's a lot of talk about about this at the at the commissioner the district levels when they get together to try to bridge that gap as from the using the experience and the new that that's the point I was trying to get across not that I don't want training not that I don't believe in drills it's just that we're ignoring some of the experience that's out there of members that have taken a class that's not even heard of like firefighter essential I took that class how do we make use of the guy down the street that uh, is a truck driver all he wants to do is drive trucks we're get we've gotten to the point where when you join you want him to take this class and he's taking stuff that as far as driving a truck he's never going to utilize there there's got to be a way that we can bring these people in that don't want to put on an air pack and a mask and run into a burning building we're losing our support people you're saying that if Joe Smith is a truck driver and he wants to drive the rig, that he should be able to drive the rig without specialized interior firefighting training? Yeah. I mean, he should have, what he should do is we should take him and say, okay, here's his his specialty. He's, he, he can drive truck. He drives rigs. Let's teach him the, the language. Let's teach him the pump operation. You know, let's teach him the lines, you know, what line goes where to know what's going on in a fire scene. You know, we need water on the blue line on side C. Make him understand that part of it. But does he need to know how to put on an air pack? Well, he does need to know how to put on an air pack in case of a, the smoke comes across him. But does he need to have, go on and handle a flashover or go into a building or know why what he's doing inside he just needs to know to get the truck there how to operate the pump make sure he has the proper water pressure and the proper water to the proper line but how do you get it how do you do that well that sounds like a reasonable idea but let me play devil's advocate and let's say that he's one of the few people who respond are you putting yourself in a position where he's going to have to say to bystanders Hey, I'm just a truck operator. I can't put out this fire. We'll have to wait for more people to show up. Well, I, I guess the thing of it is, first off, he shouldn't be luring the building with an attack rig by himself. So now we go back into the we go back into the situation where you only got one person who's a truck driver showing up and nobody else showing up. But I, I listened to one of your other podcasts about the volunteer service, and I can't remember the gentleman's name. But he, he made the comment that it may get to the point where if you have a truck driver who can get it there and you have three other people that are not interior but they're exterior, they can get a hose off and they can start spraying water on it. They just can't go inside. 
that's the dilemma that the volunteer system's in right now. Do we have all interior and it's just like a paid fire department or do we figure out a way to use the volunteers that are available to us? And is it sad that, yes, yeah, sometimes rigs are going out with one or two people on it? Yes. I mean, we built a tanker right here in Lysander that's a one-man operation. He never has to get out of the truck. I mean, he just pulls up to the ponds. He hits levers. The two people tell him what he knows where the pond is. He hits a lever, and he fills the thing. So now we have a way to get water there, and it's done with one person. But to attack the fire, we can't do that with one. So do we make everybody interior, or do we get enough of the exterior scene support where there's not as much demand on them that can at least get water on the fire until more crews get there? That's that's the big question. I, I Like I said, I listened to one of your other podcasts, and I wish I could remember the gentleman's name. It was about the volunteer service, too. And he mentioned that that point that getting people there is one thing, but getting all interior people there that can scot up and run in the building, especially during the day, sometimes that's a problem. All you have is retired people. They can run a hose, but they can't put on an air pack for any number of reasons. Would this work for your department if you had a fire response and you had, let's say that you had a situation like you're describing where Bob can run the rig and Joe is an exterior firefighter only and Sam can go interior? I mean, do you have enough people to be able to pull that off or how would that work for your guys? Well, that would be the problem. Right now, that's not working for us. We're having a very, very difficult time because of our numbers, and our numbers are dwindling um, mainly because there's just, again, it's just so demanding. There's so many. I mean, you you figure it out uh, when you join the department. They, they want you to go to so many meetings. They want you to do so many drills. They want you to do all this online training now. It, it 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 is to the point where I'm worried we're taking the bar too too high to become a volunteer, and all the people are seeing is that high bar. They're not seeing the lower the other things within the department that they can do to help the community, which isn't going to take them twenty thirty hours a week to do. I'll be back with more right after this. Don't miss your chance to get your hands on the hottest logo wear around. Code 3 Podcast Gear makes you look good and tells the world you're a fan. Now you can wear the Code 3 logo proudly. Just go to our website, Code3Podcast.com. Click the banner and you'll be able to order an assortment of cool apparel and accessories. And thanks for supporting the podcast that supports firefighters. So how do we make this more fun? Well, I, I guess that's the thing. I don't want to bring back, like I said, I don't want to bring back the beer drinking because that's just that's just terrible way to look at it. Um, but bring back, you know, some of the departments, uh, they have a, a, a community breakfast. And 
you have all the interior people as well. I take all these classes, and I agree with that. They take all the classes. They add all this stuff. So they say, well, we shouldn't have to help with that. And then you have the people that aren't interior, and they're there. That's what they're there for. And then they complain about the interior firefighters. Well, how come they ain't here helping with this? So I don't know where the the middle road is to get people doing both things, you know, not asking the, the interior people, especially if they're in the middle of a 142-hour class. How do you you got somebody that's in the middle of a class that he's going to once a week or twice a week, every night, every other night or something, and you happen to have a chicken barbecue, then you shouldn't ask that guy to also do the chicken barbecue. That's, you know, that's how, that's what I was trying to get. And I think that's something that the departments and the chiefs have to do. They have to look at it and say, wait a minute, you know, how are we going to do this? But for an interior guy, I'll use my department because we only have 200 calls a year. You have an interior guy and we have, I'm going to say, six actual structure fire calls a year. And only one of them may turn out to be an actual fire. Is it fair for those guys in our department, in the small rule department, they're only doing one fire a year, and they're not doing as many as the bigger departments. They don't have to do any of the other stuff. They don't have to help clean the trucks. It, there's, a, there's, there's a line between rural and urban. If you go into, like, a village that, that, that's got a 1,000 calls a year, so you got a guy that's making 350 calls a year. That might be understandable, but even at that, <clears throat> I help with the stats for our whole district, and out of a 800 or 900 calls, only about 17 of them are actual structure fire calls, and out of that 17, maybe one ends up to be an actual fire. <clears throat> so I, it's... I just think if we could bring back a little bit of the old, whether it be, you know, ball games or anything like that, and get more people involved in that part of it, it might be better. Um, when I first joined, I remember here in Onondaga County, we had like, um, I want to say, 18 to 20 volunteer fire department ball teams. And the whole summer we went from each other's, went to each other's firehouse and played ball with them and had hot dogs at their firehouse. Same way, you know, and you, and you moved around throughout the county and got to see the other firefighters, got to see uh, how they do things. And I think, I don't even think they had a league last year. That's how far it's went down. I don't think I've seen a, a pushball tournament in, I don't know how many years. And field days, I think there's only two around here now. So how do we bring some of this back, uh, the camaraderie back that, that was kind of the glue that held the volunteers together? How do we bring some of that back without putting more of a burden on those that, you know, the requirements that we're, we're making of them? Now, your column has over 12,000 shares on social media so far, probably more by the time this show is published. Did you realize your column was going to have that big an impact? No, I did not. 
No, I just I just sat here one day. Well, it wasn't one day. I that took me <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time to write because I didn't want it to come across saying that I didn't like training and I didn't like drills. I just wanted to get people aware of the fact that the volunteer service is, is suffering. Let's quit our egos that I'm better than you or you're better than me and figure out a way to make the volunteer system work. I know it's working in some departments, other departments it's terrible. That was my whole goal. And I spent a lot of time, and when the Post Standard got a hold of it and they asked me, she was really good about it. They just made some, because when I did it originally, there was some misspelling and grammar and stuff. But when they redid it, it, it said everything I wanted to say. It was about 99% of what I said. She just moved some of the sentences around for me. Yeah, and, and, and editors will do that. Yeah. I, I didn't expect... The, the repercussions. And what, what feedback have you gotten? Well, most of it has been really good. They they said it was a nice nice point. I had one gentleman that I believe it was on the Syracuse.com comment thing. He, he blamed the lobbyist because he says the lobbyists, they're trying to force uh, the, the union lobbyist for the Firefightings Association was trying to force the volunteers out because if they can force the volunteers out that would be more money for they they could hire paid firefighters which would make more money for the the firefighting association i I can't remember everything he said one person wrote there's no room on the fire ground for uh, fun exclamation point exclamation point and i read it back and i said Nowhere in there did I say we were supposed to have fun on the fire ground, <laughs> but most of the comments have, have been good, and, you know, a couple of them, you know, like they said, you know, they agreed it's time to bring back some of the fun. Not all of it. You know, we can't we can't expect them to play ball and do barbecues and do everything. You know, right now it's like, you know, you want to have a picnic. You, you should have, you should find a way to raise money to have a picnic to just bring your firefighters to. And we're not doing that. And I just, I don't know how to solve the problem. And like I said, in my, in my, my article, I, I just wanted to get people discussing the volunteer system. And I guess I got more people looking at it than I thought would look at it. Yeah, that'll happen sometimes. All right, Jack Klein, thanks for being with me on Code 3 today. All right, I appreciate it. And we put the link to Jack's column, Make Volunteer Firefighting Fun Again, on our website at code3podcast.com slash fun. Check it out. Time again for me to remind you that you can support this podcast by making a monthly pledge. If you get something out of Code 3, please help keep it going. Whether it's a dollar a month, five, ten, or more, it all counts. Head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support to join the fine people who are already supporting the show. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. This time we discussed whether we've taken most of the fun out of being a volunteer firefighter. I'd like to hear what you think. Is Jack right? 
Can the fun be put back or have times just changed too much? You can email me scott at code3podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 562-337-9902. I'll read your comments and play them back on a future show. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.